Good morning to all of you. Glad you're here today. And for you on Facebook, particularly you Florida folks, welcome to you. Glad you're joining us. Pretty soon Fred and Mary will be joining you. And then Dave and Deb will be joining you. <laughs> and then you will join us. But anyway, we're in, uh, we're in a, going to be doing three weeks of Christmas season. The verses that you hear today are the weirdest verses that you've ever heard for a Christmas talk. I mean, it's Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 21, which actually is a prayer. But in those verses, it, it focuses on Jesus. And I want to, everyone this Christmas season to just glue your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make him the number one priority of the Christmas season, and hopefully for your whole life, every season. So even January, when January comes and everybody's going, when's it going to end? Be joyful. Be joyful. All hail King Jesus. He is the reason for the season. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Please stand as we read the word of God together. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the height and the depth, depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God. Be to God. Please be seated. I'd like to start out by just saying thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for allowing us to study your word. Thank you for us, for allowing us to hear from you the things that you place as highest priority, not us. Everything about Jesus is a gift. And may we remember that this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, strange scripture for sure. I want to make sure you know that. Never heard this one before. And then you start to wonder, where in the world is Rick going? Where is he going? What is he doing? Well, I think you'll, you'll get it in a few minutes. There's a human tendency during this season to take our eyes off Jesus. Although he's all over the place, particularly within the church, what wins out in the hearts and minds of people are accomplishing your task of getting everything that you possibly need for the Christmas day. And you become more and more frantic. Uh, the marketing schemes that permeate our mind affect us over and over. And we become kind of gift accomplishing. It, it's a mission of, 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 of just getting and getting and getting. People go into debt over Christmas. Listen to this. Nine, the, the following year, after you're buying all your Christmas stuff, it takes nine months for you to recover, the average family. However, 25% of the folks are paying that debt off the next Christmas. They still incur it. It's madness, shopping madness, the marketing ploys, and the frenzy to buy. And you get this feeling 
and I know it must happen to you because I see it. If you love them, you will buy for them, and you will continue to buy and continue to buy. We lose our focus on the reason for the season, and what ultimately suffers is joy. You know, I have a picture here of a young lady that really typifies Christmas. I mean, I mean, this is, this, tell me if this hasn't been you. Tell me if you're not getting tapped out. And if you're not tapped out now, by Christmas, this will be most people. Their eyes on the stuff and the, accomplish, the task to accomplish. And I would say, don't let marketing pressure, society pressure, family pressure, steal the joy of Christmas. Steal the focus of Christmas. Don't do it. Don't allow it to happen. Now, remember the joy of Christmas. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a hymn, Joy to the World. It was written by Isaac Watts. He's an English Christian minister. He was inspired by Psalm 98. King of kings, Lord of lords, bright shining star. We can only have true, lasting joy, folks, in our lives when we're rightly related to Jesus, when we focus on him, not just during the Christmas season, but in every season, every month, every part of our life, all eyes on Jesus. This is not a cliche, folks. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. It's amazing what people put their hope in. Now, you think about these things. I have a little list here. People put their hope in their job. Now, folks, if you're putting your hope in your job, you never know when that thing's going to end. Okay, if you're, if you're looking at the money that you're getting at this point, and that's your, that's your vision, that's your hope, that's a danger. Now, I, I think that the next one I'm going to mention, hope in family. And I think that we should have a richness of family and have a hope in our family. But the reality is families are fractured. Kids are fractured. Husbands and wives are fractured. There's a reality of marriage is not sustaining. The divorce rate is just going up and up and up. And then we put our reality in friends. Now, I don't know if you know this, but your friends will come and go. Even your best friends. Oh, we're going to be frenzies forever. And you can't not have any disagreement or argument. But as life goes on, your friends drift into other areas. And before you know it, they're kind of gone. Friends can let you down. Wealth, and you know this, you can't take the money with you. You cannot just be all wealth-driven. Remember the pharaohs and the pyramids and all the stuff that they wanted to take to the next world are all there in the pyramids. They took nothing with them. Nothing with them. Things, things grow old, wear out. We call this entropy. Entropy. Everything is unraveling, wearing out, disorder. Folks, your brand new car is going to become an old car. Your wonderful, terrific body is going to become an old body. Old body. We are deteriorating. An old injury. You think you're going to get better. Oh, no. That's going to nag you. It's going to nag you for the rest of your life. Entropy. I have something here called uh, desk entropy. And it'll come up on the screen. It's order to disorder. Now, I want you just to notice this. Everything starts out with order, and then it starts to collect some stuff, and then it collects a lot of stuff where the guy's saying, 
Where's my monitor? I can't even find that. And before you know it, it is absolute disorder. Folks, we go from order to disorder. Entropy is part of life. But I want you to know, and I can say this with all of my heart, praise God, there is no entropy in heaven. Nothing's wearing out there, folks. That's the new body, the new life, the new everything. I mean, that'll be a terrific, wonderful time. God knows this. God knows you're going to be whole forever. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. So 14 and 15, we're going to talk about this Christmas season. We are in God's family. Folks, that is a gift. That is a huge, huge gift. The greatest gift of all is that we who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, placed our trust in him, are in the family of God. That is the truth. Verse Verse 14 and 15. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a prayer. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And I think this is a good time to remember. For the whole family in heaven and earth. Heaven already knows this. But we on earth know this. It's a good time to remember who's in charge of your life. I don't know if, you, if, you, if this is real to you, but you are not in charge. God is in charge. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does bowing mean? Bowing means humble submission to God. Bowing in worship is always the lesser to the greater. We bow before our God. He is greater than us. We are lesser than him, and we glorify and honor him. That's number one. I follow Jesus, and my life is to glorify him. And always remember, in this Christmas season, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, you are representing the Lord Jesus. In the chaos of the moments, when you're going over to the mall, and those lines of cars, and those people that are, that are so wonderfully wanting their own way to get into your spots, Okay. Uh, remember who, you, who you're representing. You're ambassadors of the Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though Christ were making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Be brought into right relationship with God. Reconciliation. Jesus saved us. We are re reconciled to God. Two parties separated. Jesus now brings us together with God reconciliation. Important concept to remember. What is an ambassador? A representative. How do we represent Jesus? How do we re represent him? Don't act like a world dweller. You're going to be tempted to act like a world dweller this Christmas season because it gets hectic. It gets panicky. Act like a Christ follower. We represent him. This is our chance. This is our chance to be different from the world. We represent him. Represent Christ as he is, and you will be a great ambassador. Not as you make him up in your mind, not as you pretend him to be, but as he truly is. He is our Lord. He is our Christ. He is our Savior. We are now in the family of God, and folks, that's a gift. The greatest gift you ever got in your whole life is, a, is the moment you were born again, God saved you, for eternal life with him forever. That is the greatest gift. 
It isn't the choo-choo train going under the tree. It's not the new basketball, the new Jordan shoes. It's, it is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, period, period. Uh, this, this, this is a time for family. And I hope you have the warmth of family during this season. But not all families have warmth during this time. There's a lot of consternation going in families. Pray for them. Help people to know that you care about them. But there will be a day when all of us are together, incredibly together in God's family. And at that time, all will be well. All will be well. Absolutely. Uh, remember when you were saved? God saved you to change your character. The moment you said yes to Jesus Christ, the moment you said, I believe in you, Jesus, I place my trust in you, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. It's personal, folks. You can say all the creeds you want. You can say all the prayers you want. But you have to deal personally with the Lord Jesus. Have you believed and received the gift of salvation? The most important gift that God offers us today. Now, remember, I'm not what I was, but I'm also not what I'm going to be. I will be full, fully justified in the presence of my God one day. Fully before the presence of God with joy. Verse 16, the Christmas, this Christmas season, recall our strength comes from God. Now that is another gift. Verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Folks, what a gift. The Holy Spirit who strengthens us. Folks, we need that. The Holy Spirit is the one that speaks to us and says, when we get off base, oh no, this is the way, walk in it. The Holy Spirit that is your comforter. The Holy Spirit that directs your life, empowers your life. Great gift. Jesus promised every believer the Holy Spirit in John 14, 16, and 17. And I will pray. I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper that he may abide for you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells, meno, makes his home within you. He dwells within you and will be in you. Folks, this is a huge gift. Now again, remember, your helper is known as your parakletos. He comes alongside of you as you journey through the discomforts of this life. He is the one that is a rod of iron up your spine that allows you to stand in impossible situations. I mean, we cannot stand a lot of the, 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 excuse me, a lot of the things that come at you. You cannot. But the rod of iron, the Spirit of God, allows you to stand in impossible situations. Tap into his power, folks. He may, in verse 16, he says, he may abide with you forever. And again, you know the word, abide, meno, dwell, make your home in, that sort of thing. The living God dwells in every believer. The Holy Spirit indwells us and allows us to overcome our flesh urges. The Holy Spirit indwells every man, every person that has been born again. The Spirit of God indwells you. The Holy Spirit gives us something that the world cannot give us, a can-do attitude. I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. That's many of your favorite verses. One of your favorite verses. This Christmas season, remember our strength comes from our God. First Peter puts it this way. When we know our God, when we know our Savior, when we know that we cannot take another step without His strength, we can receive in the most dire of circumstances joy unspeakable, full of glory. First Peter 1.8. Verse 17, this Christmas season, recall, Christ dwells in our hearts. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in our hearts, and you know what that is, meno, make his home in your hearts, through faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. This is something that is wonderful. It is great that the Spirit indwells us. And I think we, most of us realize that Jesus also indwells the believer, that he is in us. But did you know that the Father indwells you? You have the whole counsel of God indwelling you, empowering you, making you able to do the impossible. John 14, 23 says this, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. And listen to this, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home in them. Did you catch that? Father, Son, Holy Spirit indwell you, indwell you. The entire Godhead indwells you. The Trinity consists of three persons. Difficult concept, but this is true. Three persons with distinct roles, but act in complete concert with one another. The Trinity, three persons, distinct roles. Folks, we call that complex unity. Complex unity. Deuteronomy 6.4, you know it as the Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one God. You shall love no other gods that you will worship. The Shema, hear, O Israel, you are one. One, one is the word akhad. And that means united as one. Complex unity. Now, Jesus is going to speak to his disciples because they're still confused about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And this is one hour. This is hour, an hour before the cross. And he says this in John 14, 8 through 10. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father that is enough. Jesus said to him, you know, one day before the cross, have I been with you so long and you still not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can I say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the Father is in me. The, these words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Folks, this Christmas season, remember the gift. You have the entire Godhead in you, dwelling in, making his home in you. God, all the Godhead. That is the greatest gift that you can ever imagine. Now, I want you to think in verse 18 and 19. This Christmas season, understand the depth of love that Christ has for us. Verse 18 and 19. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. 
to know the love of Christ. That is the most important thing for us as believers, to know the love of Christ, experience Christ, know the presence of Christ. As he in you, he comforts you. He is, is with you no matter what you go through. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. We don't understand the love of Christ and be filled with all of the fullness of God. That's what we are, to be, we are called to this Christmas season, to be filled with all of the fullness of God. In our present state, folks, how you are, how we are right now, depraved, you know, not always in touch with God, kind of drifting from time to time, and then we come back to our senses. In our present state, we cannot, we cannot understand the width, the length, the depths, the heights of love that Christ has for everyone that believes in him, for his bride, the church, for his family that he is creating, for each one of us that are part of that family. Presently, we do not have the ability to love with pure godly love. We don't. We don't. We, we have humanistic love with a little bit of God put into it. We don't have that ability. He says this in verse 19, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. It passes our knowledge, our knowledge, our gnosis, our understanding. To know the love of Christ, that passes knowledge. We cannot know this. Hear this. The, the great news is that one day you will know fully the love of God. You will fully know what that all really means, to love like God. Hear this. One day we will be like him. Folks, that's perfect love. We will understand fully as we are fully known. 1 Corinthians 13, 12, the love chapter says this. Now we see but a poor reflection is in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully. I will know fully as I am fully known. There's nothing greater than that. I'm going to have knowledge. I'm going to understand how the lights work. I'm going to understand how physics works. I can understand how... All, everything works. I will have full knowledge of everything. Knowledge, important thing, even as I am fully known. Folks, this is another Christmas gift, to know Christ in a deep and intimate way. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm hoping that makes you want to jump for joy. I mean, this Christmas season, that Christ knows you, intimate love, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. God has given us so many gifts. How about this gift? Another gift we cannot fathom, but it's true. It's true. Our future is amazing. Watch this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. Dear friends, stop right there. Friend, friend, friend. We are friends of God, particularly when we obey God. He calls us friends. Now we are children of God. And what will be has not been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, when he comes back to this earth, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We will know the perfection of Christ. We will see him as he is. Now listen to this. All who have this hope in him purifies themselves just as he is pure. Folks, I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of suffering, 
becoming like him in his death and somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. I want to know him. And one day, I will know him fully because I will be like him. Now, can you imagine that? I mean, that's an, uh, unimaginable that we'll be in a state of perfection. That's glorification, phase three of salvation, full of Christ. That you may, and then it says in our verse today, Ephesians 3.19, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now listen to this. The fullness of God, the overflowing of God in us, is quite different than the fullness of the world. Ephesians 4.18 says this, Do not, do not, this is a command, be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Debauchery is we are doing extravagant, squandering things. We're spending freely on our own lusts and appetites. Do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, instead, Christian, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is, that is written, that do not is a command. Do not allow substances. Do not allow, you can put anything in there. Do not allow food. Do not allow this. You can fill in your blank. Do not allow any of these things to, to, to control you, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what that word filled is. I've mentioned it many, many times. Palero, I've already mentioned it in this talk. Cram full. You want to be crammed full of the Holy Spirit. And only then can your life pour into the world around you, filled with the Spirit of God. In 1 Corinthians 3.12, we, we learn something. Know Him fully. That's a gift. In 1 John 3, 2 and 3, we will be like Him one day. That is a gift. Ephesians 3.19, we will be filled with God. That is a gift. Brothers and sisters, realize something. To whom much is given, much is required. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What is our, re our response to these amazing gifts that God has given us? At the Christmas season, we want to remember the gifts that he has freely given to us. What is our response to this? The moment I believed, the moment I put my trust in Jesus, I died. The old man died. I'm crucified with Christ on the cross. I died, and I've been born again of the Spirit, and my new life begins. My old man is dead. I am changed. I belong to Jesus Christ. I hope you realize that. We just didn't uh, say I believe in Jesus just as a, t as a tag on, and hopefully I'll get into home base. No. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, your life is being changed. That's really evidence. That's fruit of salvation, that you've genuinely been changed. I belong to Jesus. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a, Christ, with, with a price. Listen to what it says in Colossians 1.10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Has your journey been one of increasing in the knowledge of God? Has your journey been one of spending more and more time with Christ? Has your journey been a faithful follower of Jesus Christ? Fully pleasing to him. Fruitful in every good work. God will help you with this, folks. God will help you with this. But the reality is, when you get born again, 
You have a sin life pattern that has been there all of your life. You've been a world dweller. You've been a world follower. You bought into the world tactics. And you will have this stress to compromise. This stress, well, I, I like these things that I did in the past, and I'm really uncomfortable with giving up those things, so I think I'll have a little Jesus and a lot of the things I used to do. Folks, that should not be. That should not be. That is not what we are to do. God will help you give up whatever world stuff you have been living in for umpteen years. And he will help you through anything to make you a new person. In Christ, we have true joy. In Christ, it is the only, only way to have true peace. You will find the old life, folks, is worth giving up. Give up your old life and your new life will pay off great dividends. Great dividends. We live for him, not for ourselves. Galatians 2.20 says this. This is for the all about me people. I, all, this is for the all about the, the, excuse me, this is all about the new me. I have been crucified with Christ. Died. But I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Put your name there. He died for every person that's ever lived. But you have to believe and receive the gift of salvation. There's no such thing as universalism. Everybody's in the family. Nope. Nope. You have to believe that Jesus died for you. Put your trust in him and receive him as your Savior. That's the only way to eternal life. No other way. At salvation, we receive tons of gifts. Anyone in Christ is expected to change. For a Christian living in the old life, values and ways, guarantees problems. When you slip back into old you, guaranteed problems. You have problems in relationships, problems in your life. And if you also have problems with God, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Thank you. Let's try that again. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. He chastens. He loves you. This Christmas season, put away the old ways and live as you who, who you really are in Christ. And know this. So people will not like your change. Did you know that? Your friends will not like your change. Your family members may not like your change. This is the way we always did things. Why is, this, why is it blowing up now? Well, because Christ has convicted me that I can't do that anymore. I'm in the family of God. I'm no longer a world dweller. I'm no longer a world thinker. That will happen. You become a drag. You're no fun. This Christian thing is just something over the top. Over the top. It's ruining everything. It's ruining everything. Well, hopefully they will understand one day how important it is to know the Lord Jesus. This is a true thing. You'll lose your friends. There'll be family stress. They don't know our Christian world. They are captives of the kingdom of darkness. Different world, different values, different desires, a different king. Folks, we are different than the world. What, is, what are we called in Hebrews? Aliens and strangers. And they think we're strange. We are not like this world. And then all kinds of rationalization may fly into your life. Well, I, I don't think that a little bit of this will be too bad, a little bit of that, and then it just, just 
falls off a cliff into the full old ways. Full old ways. Different world, different values, different king. This is, and folks, we call this a faith test. This is a faith test. Your faith is going to be tested all through your life. Are you going to be faithful to Christ or not? It's just that simple. Faith test. And we also can make a faith choice. You can make a faith choice that the world cannot make because they do not have Christ dwelling in them. They have not been saved. You have the Holy Spirit power in your, in your home, in your being, to choose and make a faith choice. And you'll be faced with these this Christmas season and this New Year season. Look, there's all kinds of substances, all kinds of partying, and uh, very little joy to the world the Lord has come. It's joy to the world, I'm having fun. I mean, it's quite a difference. Quite a difference. The Holy Spirit can help you make a faith choice this Christmas season. This Christmas season, realize, please realize, the depth of love that Christ has for us. Please realize this. Please. Verse 20 and 21. This Christmas season, realize, it's all about Jesus. To him be the glory. It's not about this Christmas season only. It's our whole lives. It's our whole lives. Realize it's all about Jesus. May our lives bring glory to him. All our lives. Verse 20 and 21 says this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. What wonderful verses. According to the power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. The glory of God. The glory be, may, may we glorify our Lord every part of the season in, in our life. Our culture, folks, now listen to this. You will believe this because this is an absolute truth statement. Not that the others aren't, but this one I want you to really focus on. Our culture is full speed ahead, focused on taking Jesus out of Christmas and everything else. Our government booted him out. Our schools have booted him out. The media has booted him out. Many churches, liberal churches, the focus isn't on Jesus. It's on, on, on progressive Christianity. They booted Jesus out, the real Jesus out. Don't allow our world to steal Christmas. Remember Erwin Lutzer's book? I will not be silent. Folks, I'm telling you, we must not be silent. We must not hold our peace. We must tell people the truth about who Jesus is and how we are to live differently than the world system that we are embedded in. Very important. Did you know, I think Jason mentioned this one time, most Christmas songs are secular. I mean, just flat out. I mean, they are. They can be very warm. They can be very family But they're missing Jesus. They're missing Jesus. Uh, it started long ago, folks. But it's crescendoing today. I want to give you some statistics to listen to. Secular, in a secular America, consider this. From 2015 to 2022... That's not too long of a time frame, okay? Not too long of a time frame. Religious music share of the top 100 Christmas recordings 
consumption dropped from 18.2% in 2015. Had something about Jesus in it. Still low, but that's, that's where we are in 2015. In 2022, as we have imploded as a nation, it's gone down to 4.4% of the songs. Jesus has been summarily taken out of Christmas. And now what you hear, happy holidays, happy holidays, happy holidays. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Folks, Christmas season and our lives are all about Jesus, not about us. That is important to remember. The Christmas season has become all about dollars. May many, again, many songs are warm and family-oriented but devoid of Christ. This Christmas season, we must focus on Jesus. Now, the scripture that we just read, I'll repeat again. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power, the dunamis power, every time you see the word, a word that starts with the prefix duna, it means capable, able to complete whatever mission God gives you, able to do to the, with the power that works in us, to him be the glory. Now, we went through a teaching in Matthew chapter 5 talking about salt and light. And I want you to just hear these words because this Christmas season, I would plead with you to be salt and light in this world. Plead with you. Salt and light are needed in our world. Matthew 5, 13 and 14. You, you Christians, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as useless, worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Now, you are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Genuine believers are the real church. Many people claim to be Christians, but they are not. They don't belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. They have not placed their faith in him. Now, think about this. What does this salt, that we are the salt of the world, really mean? The presence of salt affects the whole. Salt is influence. Salt engages the culture. There is no such thing. When you go to work, every monkey's uncle at that work should recognize you as a Christian. You should somehow stand out in your workplace, in your family, not just your uh, most intimate family, but the extended family. They should know that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. It should not be a mystery. It will cause some consternation at that extended level. Jesus said, do not think that I came to bring peace, but a sword. Husband will be divided from wife, children from children. You know the whole thing in Matthew chapter 10. Now listen to this. A certain amount of salt, 5%, is needed to change the environment. Less than 5% has no effect. Do you know that Christianity in Europe is about 2 or 3% no longer influencing their culture? You know that Christianity in America is probably down to 20%, 15%? And we're, we're becoming much more like Europe as we've given up Christ. And usually that's because of the older folks. The younger folks are 
Most of them are running away from Christ. In, in order for salt to have, be a benefit, it must be in contact to work. The church, us, we are the church, individuals. We must engage our culture. How do we, how do, we do this? Well, we live out our faith for real. We live contrary to the world system. How does salt lose its flavor? Do you ever wonder that? How does salt lose its flavor? Well, it's mixed with other substances and loses it. World salt has invaded the church. Sin is ignored by the world church. The church has been changed, and it reflects the world, not Christ. Christians are to affect their world, be different from the world. How about light? Christians are to light up your world. Remember Matthew 5.16? You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You have a responsibility to be the light. Think about this. We have a Christmas tree. And you know, I'm not... We have a Christmas tree. And on the Christmas tree, we have lights. That tradition started as an be emblematic of Jesus, who is the light of the world. You know, the light is in your house. The lights on the outside of your house were meant to show that you were a Christian, that you were a believer. Now, that's all been taken away. I mean, people decorate their houses, houses as more a world thing than a Christ thing. But those things really exist. Unfortunately, the church's light has dimmed, and it looks a whole lot like the world. John 8, 12 says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If you are following Jesus, if you are following his light, then your light will shine in the world around you. If you are just mouthing that I believe in Jesus, kind of living in Jesus, kind of doing your thing with the world, and you're torn between two lovers, your light's dim. Your life's not impacting anybody. Your life's hidden under a basket. As it says, don't hide your light under a basket. That's what's happened in most Christian homes, alleged Christian homes. Don't hide your light. Now look at this. Jesus told us what to do. Let your light shine. Remember, light shiners. Allow the world to see your high moral standards. Your light, let them see your Good works. What Christ, what, what has happened with salt and light in our world? The church has lost its saltiness. I mean, I hope you agree with me. The church has lost its saltiness. The church has, light has dimmed. Like Jason actually said this. Our light is on a little dimmer. A little dimmer. Sometimes we can pop our light up and, and look like real Christians. And then most of the time our light is down all the way to the bottom where it may be off. And it doesn't shine at all. It should not be us. World salt has invaded the church. Our light is dim. The majority of the American church has been impacted by the world and live compromised. Listen to this. The world salt has invaded the church. Seminaries, pastors, congregations, whole denominations in the past that were truly connected to Christ have compromised with the world. 
They've embraced what the world says. They've embraced what the world says. The majority of American Christians, allegedly Christians, are not impacting their world. World think permeates most supposed Christians. How do you know that you're a world thinker? How do you know that? You embrace what the world believes and forsake what the Bible says. Now, you know what Isaiah 5 says, calling evil good and good evil. Folks, this has come into the church. People have been blindsided by, the, by these evils coming in the church because their seminaries, again, have been polluted. Their pastors that have been trained in those seminaries are polluted, and they allow these sin to come into the church, and the people in the church are just following their pastor And hopefully they'll get a nudge by the Holy Spirit to get out of that church. Now listen to this. Calling good evil evil good is world think. Calling, now listen to what is called good. Abortion is called good. God says it's evil. Homosexually is called good. God says it's evil. Transgenderism is called good. God says it's evil. Living with someone before marriage is looked at as good by our world. Even Christians, they say, well, everybody's doing it. Why can't I do it? It's called evil by God. It's called fornication. There's an actual word for it, sexual immorality. That is a sin against God. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have compassion for folks that have had abortion or homosexuals or transgenders or or any other sin. I mean, we're here to deal with that. The problem is our world is saying that's not sin. When God says, this is sin. Now, who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to those chirping at you in the world? Or are you going to listen to God? That's the question that each of us must deal with. If you buy into this stuff, folks, your Christianity is suspect. Is suspect. Closing. This Christmas season, remember who you are in Christ. This Christmas season, remember that we are salt and light. We are to impact our world. No one should say, Oh, you're a Christian. I didn't know that. No one in your sphere of influence should ever say those words. You should have enough guts to share Christ at some level that they know you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. This Christmas season, remember that we are Christ followers and we represent him. Now, listen. May the world see that our focus is on the one who saved us, not on the stuff. Okay, you can give stuff, but the focus is on Jesus. He's the reason for the season. Not the glitz, not the glitter, not the marketing ploys, not the toys, not the stuff. It's Jesus. This Christmas season, start a new tradition. Now, it's going to be hard because you're going against a tidal wave. In your home, you're going against a tidal wave. In this culture, going against a tidal wave that doesn't want you to change your old tradition, to be just like the world is. Make Jesus the reason for the season. May your glorify Jesus during the season. At Christmas time, what do we remember? What do we celebrate? Just use the one word. We celebrate the... Okay, let's try that again. That was pretty pitiful. Okay, this Christmas season, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus. At Christmas time, we glorify Him unashamedly. Unashamedly. 
At Christmas time, we re remember the birth. Glorify him. Jesus is the only one in your world who can do this. Listen to this. Who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Folks, that is a huge gift that is given to this, his body, his believers, his children. May our world see Christ's power, that we are men and women of guts. You saw my picture of guts on, on many of our sermons. Guts. Have the courage to stand. Have this courage to do what is right. Guts. Conviction. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, to each one of us as we walk this life, at this season we can remember this, but all through the year remember this. Be steadfast, Christian. Immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This Christmas season, by all means, enjoy your family. Love your family. You can gift your family within reason. I do not recommend going into nine months of debt. I do not recommend that for the 25% of you that go, want to go beyond that for a whole year to the next Christmas. Please don't do that. This Christmas season, enjoy your family. May we all see Christ's glory in you. To him be the glory. In the church, by Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. All I can say with all of my heart is this. All hail King Jesus. He is the reason for the season. You know the song. All hail King Jesus. All hail Emmanuel. King of kings, Lord of lords, bright morning star. Throughout all eternity, I will praise him. And forevermore, forever, ever, evermore, I will reign with him. What a gift. What a gift. And I have this word to say to you as we start this Christmas season. We're well into it. But Merry Christmas, folks. May this be the merriest Christmas you've ever had with your eyes fully glued on Jesus the reason for the season. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to study your word. Holy Spirit, I ask that you do your work in each of our hearts. I know that I've touched some people in, in, in maybe an anger way. Lord, I pray that you will help them to realize that you are, are in this talk, that the things that we have expressed are from the word of God and really from the heart of God. Lord, I pray that each one of us will receive something and it will not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Holy Spirit, I ask that you do your work in each one of us. And Lord, I ask you, if someone in this group does not truly know you, they have never had a time in their life when they put their trust in you, believed in you, committed to you, and received the gift of salvation, that this could be the greatest Christmas season ever that they come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lord, right now, I ask that you would penetrate the hearts of people. And if anybody wants to tr is not truly born again, question it. Please speak with me afterwards. I plead with you. God loves you. He wants you to be in his kingdom forever. And if you reject him, you will be in hell, separated forever. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. Amen.